We are speaking with uh, the one and only Brad Gillis of the band Night Ranger. And the one thing you'll know about Night Ranger is you are phenomenal live. Now, you, you played the M3 recently, and I wasn't able to be there because we're not allowed to cross the border. But I saw the video, and it's just like, yeah, band still got it. Never, never, <laughs> never gets uh, never gets old with you guys. You, you're just getting better with age. Well, I, I tell you one thing about that, Mitch, is, you know, the 16 months of uh, of COVID and uh, being locked down. Uh, so getting out and playing, we're all like, you know, like like kids up there going, wee, let's play. And <laughs> and I was place looks sold out. I don't know, eight, ten thousand people. And the headline the third night, Fourth of July was an, an honor for us. Yeah. And you are still currently the last show I saw before lockdown. Wow. So March 6th, uh, March 6th, 2020. So. Sure. <laughs> it's time for me yeah. to get back to get back at it. But let's talk about and the band played on the new album coming out uh, in August. Uh, talk to me about about putting together new music, because there are a lot of bands, especially classic era bands. who have just given up. They go out, they play the 12 greatest hits. They take your money. They go home and pfft, nothing. But somewhere in California, high road, don't let up. And now and the band played on to me are probably your four best records. So talk wow. to me about that. Well, you know, uh, I've heard other people kind of say that maybe because, you know, people just want to hear new music and they're tired of the old original hits from the 80s. But I don't know, but there's been something going on with this band. A lot of it has to be attested to Jack Blaze and his lyrics and, and his vocals, man. The guy's throwing it down big time. And, you know, it's, and for us to go in and, and record this latest record under a COVID situation was really tough, but actually kind of fun because uh we started out doing zoom calls uh, jack kelly and me and we all had ideas we just kick them around you know and say, yeah that one's good you know and then we record them on roughly record them on our phones or record them somehow just the roughs then we figure out what tempo the song the ideas we're going to be at and then once we then we got carrie kelly and eric levy involved and they had their ideas and to threw their two cents in and we I think we had 15 or 16 we were dealing with and uh then kelly knowing the arrangements and not even having the lyrics or maybe just a rough idea for the course uh we had kelly who lives in uh, arizona now going into a big studio down there and throw down the drums and they the drums are killer on this record dude just for slamming man yeah i've had a and chance to hear it it sounds I'm, great. I'm a drum guy man you know you you have a great drums on any track you do that's the nucleus and foundation of your whole track and it actually inspires me to to, 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 to ride on and finish my parts, whatever I'm doing, whether it's TV, all this other stuff I do, TV music and stuff. But, um, but Kelly did a great job on that. And all of us having home recording studios, we were able to figure out who's doing what. And Carrie and I got together, you know, uh, we never actually got together, you know, with, with uh, Zoom calls with Carrie, me or over the phone, just talking about the stuff and throwing back ideas uh, uh, of solos and harmonies and, and and stuff that we might do on the record. So everybody kind of put their two cents in here and there, and we just keep passing stuff around, got bigger, better, and bigger, and better. And uh, then, you know, boy, you know, a couple of days, and Jack sits down with a couple of these songs, and we hear it back, it's like, boom, <laughs> thank you. Well, the, the, really, the, I was just like, gonna... Breakout. I love Break. He kicks ass on Breakout. Yeah, he does. And and the one thing I noticed when I saw that last show in March last year, you were trying to sort of suss the stuff out on stage and trying to get 
trying to feel them out. Was that sort of the process before COVID is write the songs and then in sound check sort of figure it out? Or was that, were you trying something new? And I guess you weren't able to do that this time. No, we have not been able to. In fact, just doing the M3 and a gig we did the week before, we haven't been able to play. We want to play, uh, we want to play Breakout and, and Bring It All Home to Me. We want to put those in the set. But we haven't had a we haven't had a sound check the last two shows since it opened up and we started rocking again. No sound check because it was all day long, bands all day. And the last thing we want to do is get up there never playing the song before and play in front of 10,000 people as in M3, 4th of July. So we got to kind of hold off, but we have three shows this weekend in the Midwest, and we definitely have a sound check uh, before the first one. So we're going to run these songs. Run them down. And uh, it's been all we, do, all we need is a half hour, you know, go over a couple of times, and boom, we can start playing it live. And the more we play it live, the better it'll get. But uh, um, that's been our formula, Mitch, for every record we've ever put out, is to go in, uh, uh, figure out, what song usually this single or the first video or two that we put out on that record, learn those songs and, and pop it in the set just to add familiarity uh, with the audience and letting them know we have a new record. And if they like it, they buy it, you know, whatever. So that's where we're at with that. And I'm looking forward to playing breakout live. I'm excited for that. And for uh, people here, I'm looking forward to hearing all of these live. Uh, talk to me about bringing them though, to the, uh, to the live set, because you know, you get there and you go, Okay, we got to play Rock in America. We got to play Sister Christian. We got to. Is it dangerous to bring it in? I mean, or is it exciting and it keeps it fresh for you? Because again, so many bands, they'll play their 12 songs and they bail. Well, uh, our set is easier, usually 75 to 90. And in essence, we could play the big hits, play a couple popular B sides. You know, throw a couple of damn Yankees in if we want, because Jack was with the damn Yankees, throw an Ozzy tune because I was with Ozzy and Carrie yeah. Kelly, the guitar player playing with Alice Cooper. We throw in schools out, you know, so we oh, kind of we kind of want. Gonna, sorry, yeah. I was just, just going to say with Carrie, you could throw in some Warrant, you could throw in some Rat, you can throw in some Alice Cooper. <laughs> yeah, but but schools <laughs> out is huge to play it. Everybody sings along and crazy train and, you know coming of age and high enough. I mean, everybody knows these songs and sings along and that's what you want. You want to give the audience, you know, uh, you want to give them a show that they'll remember and there's no real, you, know, you don't want to go too deep with B cuts because deer in the headlights, you know, people just, you know, unless you're a big fan, it's like, okay, what's the song, you know? And there's no reason to play, get too deep into B sides from the eighties when you could be doing uh, new stuff, which is great, I think. And to uh, to bring that to the audiences and let people know that we're still current. Well, and and I'll move away from that from this question line of questioning in a second. But for me, I I knew Night Ranger in the '80s and I liked the big hits, but I didn't I wasn't compelled to buy the records. And then Somewhere in California came out, and then Don't Let Up came out, and all of a sudden I was like, Wow, this band is not only good, I think they're better than before. Okay. <laughs> Well, I'll you know. tell you one thing, Mitch, if these albums you're talking about and this new album were yeah. to be released in the 80s, yeah. we would it would be a different ball game for this band. I really, truly believe we would be journey Def Leppard status, um, even though we're, we're you know, I, I agree. Now, 
I agree. I called herself a glorified B band, you know. Um, but the big, big boys, I think if we would have uh, a couple of these records and singles would have been uh, released back then, it would be a whole new ballgame. Now, what killed us, Mitch, is the record company MCA releasing ballad after ballad after Sister Christian. That's what killed this band. So much great big success with that song. They thought, oh, great. We got ourselves a killer rock and roll ballad band. Then, you know, you got Sentimental Street, Goodbye, and, you know, uh, other songs that I don't even want to mention. They're, I don't even want to hear those again. And it, <laughs> and it, and it killed the band. We, 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 we lost yeah. our or we lost our male audience and, you know, things were kind of dwindling towards the end of the eighties anyway. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and then of course Nirvana came out and killed everything. Well, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't want to argue it, but when Nirvana came out, I think part of the problem was the power ballads because Motley Crue, which was a rock band was without you and don't go away, Matt. And Def Leppard was loved by, and all these, and even Metallica was nothing else. Like all these big bands, you look at the charts in the early 90s and it's ballad, 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 ballad. And you go, no wonder nobody was rocking. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, there was still a place for those songs in the early 90s. But overall, yeah. um, you know, music changed. And and we had, you got to realize, in the 80s, we did 250 shows a year. And what did we do for those other month or two when we weren't touring? We go in and do a record. So we were, Mitch, we were fried. Yeah, <laughs> we just I, I can imagine. I just wanted a break. And, Speaking of, you know, of, yeah. of fried and, and doing other stuff, um, you've been working on a solo album for a couple of years with Gary Moon, who was on yeah. uh, Feeding Off the Mojo. Yeah. What is the update on that? And once I get that, how do you sort of decide what goes on the Brad record? And what do you bring to the band and say, hey, man, when we're doing and for the band play as the band played on here's how do you decide uh well we wouldn't be doing any of my solo music with night ranger that's just a whole you know jack's got solo records kelly right. solo records. but, but how do you do decide it's not a night ranger song that you're writing how do you decide oh, it's a brad song because i dedicated the songs for my solo record to my solo record and i actually wrote for gary moon you okay. know when you have a singer that's a high-pitched screamer that can hit the high B's notes and above, you know, I write my songs to, to, uh, for Gary mainly. And, and, you know, I, I bring it to that key that when he's, before he goes to falsetto, that right at the top of his range, that's to me, that's where a singer sounds their best right at the top of the range before they start cracking. That's where you bring that girth out of them. Right. So I would write songs around, for Gary Moon. Uh, now there's a few um, few songs on this record that I'm singing. I don't think you've heard uh, "World Shut Down" is one where I'm. Singing. I don't think so. I think I've heard 17 of them or something like that. But yeah, keep them yeah, coming. I, I have a newer one I did during COVID. That's uh, that's uh, that's heavier than crap. Of course, I got Derek Sherinian all over the record. Of course, Derek, you know, amazing Derek flavor for everybody. Yep. You know, look them up. You know, Billy Idol, uh, Alice Cooper, Joe Bob Theater. You know, yeah. everybody. But he, I met him. I met him when he was nobody before he started make it and made it, and and uh, we got to be great best friends. He actually lived with me for a while doing these records. He did my Gil Rock Ranch record with uh, all instrumental except for the two Greg Allman tunes, tunes that Greg sang, and we had that hit with Greg called uh, "Honest to God." Um, uh, so I met Eric. 
uh, excuse me, Derek back then, and he's been a best buddy ever since. And I just gave him these tracks on this record, and he just said, "Hey, Brad, I'll do whatever you want." And uh, he, and he kicked ass on it. So you know that we got to hold off on the release because it's got to be a couple months after Night Ranger. So that's where I'm at with everything on that. But it's exciting to know that during COVID, these 16 months that we were able to do a Night Ranger record, able to finish my solo record, and and we got this great tour going on. We got Summerfest coming up. We just did the big M3 festival three days, huge. huge. Uh, we got the uh, Phrase Pavilion in Ohio with Sticks, Moondance Jam, which is huge. We got the Kiss Cruise. Ah. We're doing the Kiss Cruise over Halloween. And, this is going to be cool. Uh, and in 2022, we booked the Swedish Rock Festival, Sweden Rock Festival, yeah. opening for Guns N' Roses. So wow. uh, things are, as of a couple of weeks ago, all of a sudden, all these shows started coming in, man. And anything that we had to put off from COVID are being rebooked for the rest of the year and early on to 2022. When you have 16 months off like that, do you reevaluate what you're doing? Do you sort of say to yourself, eh, maybe I'm happy at home and we just sort of stay home and we'll go do weekend warrior stuff like that? Does it does it start affecting or do you just say, fuck it, I want to rock, God damn. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got real comfortable at home. Um, you know, the hardest part, Mitch, for anybody and any band member will tell you it's the gigs are fun. Everything's good there. It's the travel, man. So basically me leaving, living in the San Francisco Bay area, I had to fly all day to get to Columbia, Maryland for M3, play the show. I was up at four o'clock and out at six to fly home at 10 hours travel. So 20 hours travel for an hour and a half show. It's the travel that kills you. Um, <laughs> but Getting out and playing, especially M3, was a blast. It was a blast, too. Just loved it. And it kind of made me think, yeah, I guess my job is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it's not so bad. I just know that for myself, you know, like you said, the travel, my back hurts, my shoulder hurts, my, my this. And then I've been sitting at home going, things don't really hurt right now. Do I really want to go back out there? Um, yeah, well, I, I, I went through a little experience. I, I fell uh, last year. Um, I was coming in to record something and I had my old, an old Strat, old Sumber 62 Strat in my hand and walking to record in my studio in my home. And I tripped over a cord, raised the guitar to save it, landed full pressure on my palm on the ground in this thing. And I tore my rotator cuff, full tear in one partial in the other. I thought it would heal. Never did until I got the MRI and they let me know that, Hey man, you, dude, you, you know, you, you need it. You definitely need an operation. So three months ago, uh, right, right around today, three months ago wow. is when I had my surgery. So I'm at about 90%. Oh, I can almost do that. Oh. I'm not doing that. Not with this shoulder. Nope. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing rehab on my shoulder, but I didn't lose any dexterity in my hands. So, so that's good. But uh, you know, once I had it done three months ago, I had this this brace on that had a, a thing, a rub, uh, uh, like a mm. little thing in here that I had to sleep like this. I had to sleep my side, and and then I slowly started moving my hand, and and then Marm, then kind of boy, doing this was, was this this was like a month ago. It was like wee, wow. you know. And now, you know, if I ever want to be a referee, touchdown, <laughs> you get to go. Was there any stress, though? Did you say, what if I what if I what if my hand isn't the same? Like, did you have any did you have that moment of, uh oh, well, I was worried about 
you know, possibly hitting a nerve. I, I didn't know anything about rotator cuff surgery. Uh, and I thought you maybe the doctor going in and hitting a nerve, losing dexterity, right? So when I, I had this one doctor was going to do the operation, but I didn't care for him. He said some things that I didn't care for. Plus he was younger. He was um, 36, I think. And so I went and researched, um, I'm Kaiser, went and researched um, the available doctors. And I found this one doctor that was his late forties. His name is Dr. Ho. And I, and I looked up and he's 10 years doing sports teams, knees and rotator cuffs. 50, 18 years with Kaiser doing 300 surgeries a year, 100 are rotator cuff knees. I want, I want to talk to this guy. So when I called him up and did my Zoom cons, uh, consolation with him, uh, he, he said, I said, man, uh, Dr. Ho, you know, what's up? Uh, will I lose any dexterity? He goes, no, Brad, dude, I will take care of you. And he goes, by the way, I love Sister Christian. And he, he starts singing it on the Zoom call. And I was like, okay, but I like you, <laughs> but I liked him. So That's uh, funny. he assured me, no problem with dexterity. He said, Brad, I will spend extra time on you to go in nicely and to make sure your healing process is shorter than normal. Now, mainly the healing process, the rotator cuff is when they dig through your muscles to get to your bone to reattach. So he, w I don't know, I, w I wasn't there, I was out, but, uh, he went in and, and spent a little extra time going in nicely to do the surgery. And my scar, uh, I had three points, uh, half an inch where he went in, there was scissors and, uh, and then back here, I think they stick the camera in or whatever in a month. I have no, there can no scars. And I healed quicker when I was seeing my, uh, physical therapist, he couldn't believe how far along I was, uh, because Dr. Ho, took care of me and then they wheeled me into the operating room and the nurses are going i feel like i, I want to get your autograph but you know and then and i'm like i'm like I'm before i went under right i gave it to you after right and then what are they playing when i walk when i when they wheel me into the surgery they're playing sister christian over the inside the surgery room so i kind of knew i was in good hands mitch yeah i guess it, yeah and by the way, this is where I was going to sing up, uh, sing growing up in California for you. So I'll just skip that and, <laughs> and move on. No, go for it. Oh, yeah. yeah good, good. Growing yeah. up in California. Oh, I can't sing. <laughs> Great song. That was a fun song to play. We love playing that one live. It's up tempo. It had the, you know, a Joel Hoekstra on guitar. We were yeah. doing the, 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 the twin lead guitars, sticking to that Night Ranger format of twin guitars, harmonies. <laughs> you know, the, the, you know, distinctive solos between both guitar players and the big harmony vocals. That's always been the nucleus of the Nike Ranger foundation. Um, for songs. And I love it. And I, I'm just looking at the track listing. Bye bye, baby. Uh, not tonight. Just oh, it's a great song. But um, let me get over here to uh, guitar collecting, because there's three folks that I talk to every so often. You, Frankie Sullivan and Joe Bonamassa. And you are just nutty collectors. You, you, you got to have it all from the Stratocasters to the Les Pauls. Um, yeah. what, what got you into collecting? You know, as somebody who doesn't have guitars, why not just have one? Why do you need a collection? And what have you added to the collection recently? Well, you got to realize 
I'm a guitar player. I do a lot of music for TV. People probably don't know this, but I've placed 400 tracks in the last 20 years for people like Fox Sports, ESPN. I got a Flamenco track on The Price is Right. You know, so that's my other gig uh, that I do, placing music. So to be able to do that, you need to have, if they want a certain sound, you got to have it. So I got into collecting guitars to get all these different sounds and mainly vintage. And then I started collecting uh, vintage amplifiers. You know, the, the early, the, the 60s Fender blackface amps, those get the tones tones of music we all, we grew up on. All these guys were using those, those, those amps, right? I got a 59 basement, the holy grail, you know, 410 inch tweed amp. That's a holy grail of Fender amps. It's got this wow. compression, nothing sounds like it, man. Unbelievable. But I had a buddy of mine named Robbie Z uh, that was a collector about 22 years ago. And I was looking to buy a guitar. Wasn't really into collecting yet. And, and, and he knew who I was. He said, I'm selling a bunch of guitars. Come on over to my house. And he lived an hour from me. So I, and he was a fan of the band. So I drove down and met him. And he got me into collecting. He ended up doing a record. And I turned him on to a studio and a friend of mine, uh, his studio to get Robbie in to cut his record. And I came in and helped him produce it and played all over his record. So he gave me a 1953 Gibson ES-175 Brown Burst. Amazing. Just guitar. gave it to you? Jesus. For playing on his record. <laughs> wow. I played all, I spent a couple of weeks with the guy uh, producing and playing all over his record, helping him out. And then he gave me a 1956 Gibson Les Paul Jr. Mint. So that's, that, that's, <laughs> that started the, the that'll fever. get you started. Yeah. Started the fever, right? So, you got to realize that any guitar I buy, you know, it's, it's a write-off. It's, it's what I do. I work with these guitars. So I started looking at guitars, a big Craigslist guy, I go to these different towns, look up Craigslist. Anybody got anything? I invite him to the show. I bring the guitar, yada, yada. Uh, back in, uh, you know, early 2000s when I started collecting uh, and we were, you know, on the road or, or uh, go to different cities, I go to pawn shops all the time. I love going to a pawn shop because that's before internet. Uh, getting big and nobody knew what these guitars are worth. So I, I got some great deals on some of these guitars and I got my collection about up to 130 at one point guitars and 40 amplifiers. Uh, lately I've been, I just bought a couple more and I'm wheeling dealing with this guy buying another one possibly tomorrow. So, but uh, I tell you, Joe Bonamassa, he's, he's got the collection. Now. That, that guy's got it. Joe, Joe and Frankie uh, both have a collection to make you cry over. It's just, it's unbelievable. Um, in terms of just real quick, since we're talking guitar sounds, when you're making a new Night Ranger album, do you have like two or three guitars that you go to or do you go through the collection and say this song needs that one, this one? And also, are you trying to sort of do what you were doing in the 80s and have that 80s Night Ranger sound? Or are you saying, nope, brand new record, brand new whatever decade. We're doing something completely different now. Well, you got to realize we, like I said, we stuck to our format of uh, three-part harmony vocals when needed, and the dual guitars uh, solos that are, you know, uh, complementing each other. Now we have Kerry Kelly, great player. You know, he plays kind of like that that Jeff Watson, Joel Hoekstra style. Uh, you know, that Les Paul, that sound, and I do what I do, whammy bar, melody, whatever, whatever. But Basically, we stuck to the same format, but with a modern production, the modern production. That's what makes our stuff sound great uh, to the year these days. And those four records, the last four we did, we went with this big modern production. Well, it's, a, it's a great sounding production here. And I'll wrap up on this because I know we have half an hour. Uh, the band over the years, you've had your moments like any other band. Jack leaves, Gary comes in, you do the reunion 
and Jeff and, and Joel and everybody. How is the band now? Because to me, Carrie Kelly is just a perfect fit. Eric Levy is great. The You and Jack, you sound great. You play great. Uh, Kelly Kigi is, is, is this like the ultimate lineup? Well, I tell you, it's, it's great. It's working well. We all get along good. We keep the, the, the humor and the fun happening. That's what makes it fun to be on stage. We're always joking around, always joking around backstage, goofing off. You know, that's what makes it fun to be on stage. But it is the perfect lineup for now and what's happening. And we'll just keep moving with it as long as possible. So, you know, replacing uh, Watson, one thing that was heavy, uh, but we got Joel, yeah. monster player. And then when Joel went to Whitesnake, getting Carrie, monster player, the machine rolls on, man. Um, but, you know, you need to figure these guys out. You know, sometimes you get people that won't fit or whatever. Yeah that are too into themselves or can't pull it off or can't sing or whatever you need, excuse me, you need the full package and um, Joel and Carrie, they're the full package. I agree. And listen, I've had a chance to see you guys backstage and it's very strange for me to go see a band and all five guys are hanging out together and eating together. Normally you go to a show and one guy's off in his dressing room and the other guy's in the back of the, and all five of you are, are eating at catering and you're, you're having fun and you're hanging out it's amazing to see. It's just, it's like, it's like a team. It's a perfect we team. We get along so well. We eat from the same plate. <laughs> I saw, I saw it's terrible. <laughs> we drink from the same bottle of tequila. <laughs> no, we all get along. We all hang and, and it's all fun, but you got to realize, you know, we're, we're weekend warriors. That is, you know, when you, when a band plays on the weekend and you're home during the week, thank God we have that home being home during the week because uh, we don't do two or three month tours anymore. That's not in our blood. Nobody wants to do that. You know, Carrie's got a couple of restaurants and called Aces and Ales in Las Vegas. He's off doing that, you know, and everybody's got little projects that they're doing on the side. So to go out on the weekends and do these bigger shows is perfect. We've been doing it for years and it works well with for us. So when we get back together, we're not tired of each other. You get on the road, even for a week, doing a bus tour and you're on the same freaking bus, you know, and then, you know, it's like, go away, leave me alone. You know, yeah. I, you know, you got your, gr you got your grumpies in the morning and stuff like yep. that. So, you know, when you're on the road, you know, you pull in, you got your own room, you hang out by yourself, whatever you want to go to the bar, hang out. Usually it's Carrie and me and Eric, you know, hanging at the bar, you know, whatever night before uh, during the, that next day, everybody's doing their own thing. You know, I go for walks. I love to swim in the hotel pools. That's what keeps me, keeps this stuff moving, right, at my age. So I do that, and we just get together for sound check. Then we go back and hang for another hour on yeah. our own, two hours. Then we come and do the show. Then everybody goes back, and everybody flies home. So it's not like we're spending 24-7 with each other. So oh, it's great. That works. It, it works. And uh, last question, uh, Dawn, of, uh, Dawn of Madness, any more chance of those shows or other album shows? I don't Seven know, Life, Big Wishes. <laughs> big, wi I like big, big Wishes. The Big Wishes tour. <laughs> don't tell me it's herpes. Oh, no, anyway. Um, basically, I don't know, man. We're just so happy to have a new record. Uh, we're concentrating on that. Uh, there was talk of doing some more of those, those, you know, doing all the every both all the songs from the first record or second record or both. But right now we're concentrating on getting back in the groove after COVID doing these big shows, learning, break out and bring it all home, yep. uh, bring it home to me. 
and playing those live. And we got to go with that right now. That is what's on the plate. And of course, next year will be our 40 year anniversary. I can't figure that out because I'm only 45. Anyway, you got 40 year year Your prodigy, Pro, project, prodigy, prodigy. There you go. <laughs> we're, uh, we're, we're, we're excited just to get out and do these big shows coming up and, and the kiss cruise. That's going to be great, man. That's over Halloween. And, and, you know, our, one of our first tours after I left Ozzy and, you know, Rudy quit to go to quiet riot and I quit Ozzy to go to night Ranger. We released Dawn Patrol with Don't Tell Me Love Me and MTV playing the crap out of it 25 times a day. Uh, one of our first tours was with Kiss, and that's when they took their makeup off. And uh, probably did 20 shows with them. And Gene and Paul, especially Gene, she was so cool, man. I've had on his big boots. boots, and I wish I can't find that picture. And he's standing next to me, and he's got his armor. Of course, I'm at his height because I got his big, big boots on. And they were just very just nice to us. And open arms to us and and we did the last we did a kiss cruise uh five six years ago yeah and that was a blast just to do that so we're doing that again that just came down and uh that'll be great we got some big shows coming up well hopefully uh, hopefully some canadian shows too anyway uh, august 6th uh, and the band played on will be out uh, via frontiers and uh, speaking of kiss august 6th 1979 was my first concert and guess who it was kiss there you go. Wow. It's, it's cosmic. It all, it all. So you're, we're celebrating uh, my, my first show with a brand new night Ranger album. Look at that's that. Great, man. That's cool, dude. <laughs> well, Mitch, it's great to talk to you as always, man. Miss hanging out with you. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll uh, get you up to Canada. We don't, we don't get a lot of night Ranger up here. We're going to fix that. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm willing and able, man, you know, but uh, like I said, things, well, things just opened up. To where in the past, I think it was like three weeks ago, all of a sudden, all these shows started coming in and yeah. got stupid and shows that they didn't think were going to happen are now happening. So uh, they're, they're still booking a lot of things here and there. And, and if there's something coming in every week, you know, something new here, something new there. We already got stuff coming in for January, February next year. Uh, and they we're going to we're going to call that our, you know, 40 year anniversary tour. But it's just exciting to play a couple of these new songs from the new record that's released in a month and playing those live, getting audience reaction. God, we had almost 300,000 views for breakout is getting close to it. Uh, so that's cool to know. And with, uh, you know, uh, uh, bring it on home to me, that's up to, I don't know, 170, 180,000 views. Wow. So we got people digging and the comments are great. Uh, They're both great songs. I mean, I've, I've heard the whole album, but those songs in particular are just fantastic. But, that, but the album is solid. I mean, the album is solid. There's not a clunker on it. Seriously. Well, uh, you know, we went through 15, 16 songs to bring out the best. And um, we had the luxury of time, Mitch, for this record. We started it in September and we didn't get it handed in like for six months or whatever. So where you usually do a record in two or three months, we had six. And we had, wow. we had a chance to really hone in on parts, get things right, throw them back, you know, mixes and changing this and that. And maybe, oh, well, you know, let's maybe try this, try that. And uh, and this is the product that evolved. It is. And uh, folks, uh, somewhere in California, High Road, Don't Let Up, and uh, the band played on four of the greatest rock records to come out in the last 10 years. Just buy all four. Oh, Mitch, here, I'll PayPal you that 50 bucks. <laughs> Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Cheers. All right. All right talk to you soon, buddy. Cheers. That was great. Thank you. Have a good day. All right. See you, Mitch. Bye now. Perfect. All right.